What is the happiest camper art? Find out next on the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast. Today I have with me uh, my guest, Lauren Wagner, who along with her husband uh, runs the Firelight Project, a, a ministry uh, ministering to uh, ministers and their families. And she will tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. Uh, thank you for joining me, Lauren. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, about, tell our viewers and our listeners, because we're both podcasts and uh, uh, video vidcast, I suppose. Uh, tell us about yourself, your background, your training, uh, and what your ministry is. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I am married to Jason. We have three boys, um, two, four, and seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're playing dinosaurs downstairs. <laughs> so uh, daddy's babysitting for me for a minute. But um, anyway, we are from New Orleans. We met married in New Orleans We uh, in, in 2010. And um, we have we both have degrees from the Baptist and Mary. Jason has a doctorate in uh, composition and so that was his concentration and so he's a musician. He taught college music for six years there and I have a bachelor's in Christian education and a background in music also. So we were musicians. We led worship together. I did photography in New Orleans and we uh, we had our three boys there and in the summer of 2017 yeah yeah <laughs> we uh wanted to do a mission trip with our kids and at the time Elias our second was one and Corbin was four and we knew that international just wasn't practical and it wasn't in our budget at the time but as a ministry family with lower income we had been tent camping our very first vacation as a married couple was tent camping in Florida so we had just a love for the campground a love for the camper culture um, and we decided to do a campground ministry in Florida for 10 weeks and so we signed up to be camp hosts and we did we called it well, God gave us the name, the Firelight Project, uh, and we started, it's a family campground ministry. We did bubbles and snacks and chalk and stuff in the afternoons and just kind of built a relationship with the families and then invited them back to a campfire in the evenings where we would sing this little light of mine and pass out glow sticks and just talked about life and Jesus and we would read a scripture and then just go from there and just visit with people and talk and, uh, you know, what what does that look like what does this how does the scripture apply to our lives and what is what does faith look like in our lives with kids or whatever whoever would show up sometimes uh it would be just a family of three and some one time we had 46 people there so we never knew what kind of crowd was going to show up but it was always the exact people who god wanted to be there at the time so um, and, how, and how has that changed uh very drastically <laughs> <laughs> uh, as many kind of freeform ministries do, uh, we just, we stepped out of that first summer in faith and uh, gave up all of our income and God really taught us a lot. And through that year and into the next summer, uh, we started praying about doing it full time, which was also a big, huge, scary step. New Orleans was our boat. New Orleans was our safe place. Like, uh, we had a great job, we had housing, you know, everything, our living expenses were low, 
we had plenty of money to do what we wanted to do with it. You know, we weren't wealthy by any standards, but, um, you know, we, we were comfortable. And Jesus planted this little seed of an idea in our heads and said, all right, you're going to do it. And uh, he opened all the doors. We bought a 30-foot camper. Uh, we bought a Suburban for $7,000 to pull that camper. And we just jumped. And so summer of 2019, we left. We packed up everything that we could fit into our camper, sold or gave away the rest, and left New Orleans. We left our... Jason's career, my career as a photographer, we left everything that we had known and um, stepped on faith in this, uh, this ministry that we had uh, started as an official nonprofit, and we trusted that God was going to provide, and he did, and it was hard. <laughs> it was a big challenge with three kids. At, we had had Luca the second summer of Firelight, and um, Luca means light. So all of our kids' names kind of pertain to the season of life we were in. So we were trying to come up with our third baby's name, and it was, we were finishing our second summer of firelight. And I was seven, eight months pregnant, shoveling fire pits and picking up campgrounds and cleaning bathrooms. And um, I was just sitting by the lagoon one day, and I was like, this works. We're going to name him Luca because it means light. And that's where we're at in our life right now. Like we're jumping into firelight full time and um, we just want to be a light to the world. So yeah, uh, we, we started with uh, two months in Florida. We campground hosted, which means we volunteered full time for the campground and in exchange, we got our campfire for free. So we did Florida for two months. Then the fall, we went up to Maryland. Then we did a month in North Carolina, then back down to New Orleans area just to take care of some business. And, um, and then we spent spring in central Texas. And then that's when coronavirus went crazy and the world turned upside down. And of course, you know, gatherings were a no-go and we just kind of just put everything on hold and towards the you know beginning middle of March firelight was not, not happening and um you know we we did what we could as, as far as distance stuff we put out bubbles in front of our campsite and just the people that were passing we said here take something you need, need a little happy so um but at that time God started opening he started putting things into place for our ministry to shift drastically. And we had no idea at the time. We were planning to go up to Washington State for the summer. We had a camp host gig lined up already for Washington State wow. and Northern Utah. Um, that's where we're going to spend the summer and fall of this year. We were supposed to be traveling right now. What is it, September? We were supposed to be in Northern Utah right now. Um, and, but God just started orchestrating things like crazy. And that's where the art business comes in. Um, so, right. So that, that's, that's a, part, a big part of why I wanted to have you on, uh, 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 because art really helped sort of form and shape uh, the ministry in the background in a lot of ways. Um, even though in the forefront of the ministry, you were, you were doing campground ministry and ministering to people, but in the background, uh, art was like really important. So, uh, tell us, uh, how did, how did art really come to be an important part of the ministry? So towards the end of January, um, before coronavirus was a thing, we had, kind of come to a point where we had less than a month of expenses built up and we knew that 
and we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, God's going to have to provide in some crazy way. And he has in the past. And so we know we're going to be okay, but we just don't know how right now. So that was during our move to Texas, we ended up spending about $2,500 on truck repairs on our suburban. And um, that was a huge blow because we had, you know, as a photographer, as a musician, we had lots of gigs in New Orleans over that Christmas season. Um, and so we had built up plenty of money and then we ended up having to dump almost all of it into car repairs. And then our camper, one of our camper tires needed replacing too. And so it was just almost all of that money that we had made instantly went into repairs and we're like, okay, like, like I said, we had less than a month of expenses to live on. And so I just had, um, this idea one day. I, I actually, I, I handmade some Valentine's cards for the boys and I posted them on my Facebook page just because I was like, oh, happy Valentine's Day. These are cute. I made them. And somebody's like, are you selling those? And I was like, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I, I had, I've seen people do, you know, house portraits before. And I was like, I should paint our camper. That's our house. And so I painted our camper and I put it up on one of um, our full-time RV family groups. And I said, what would you pay for something like this? And I had about six people message me and like, I want one of those, paint my camper. And what, I, you know, tell me what you're gonna charge and I'll pay it. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I started doing commissions of people's campers, which very quickly turned into houses because most people don't live in a camper. <laughs> so, and just commissions of so many random things uh, I've done. I, I just finished this one yesterday. Uh, this is, can you see it? There it is. It, yeah, and, and, and if, you, if you like, I can uh, take a screenshot of what you posted on Facebook and, and put it up so people can see it a little bit better, uh, more right. clearly on the Definitely. video, those of you watching on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, so many random things. It started as campers and houses and even family portraits. And by, um, that's, that is how God started to provide for us in that random way. It was so random. And I don't have any background of formal art training. My mom was an art teacher. So I have some basics. Um, but I, it was not something I went to college for. It's not something visual, you know, painting art is not something I've, I've ever used as a business before, but I really think that God just like, it, I almost feel like I was, it was a supernatural ability that he gave me in that moment when we needed it. You know, when photography is not an option because in person things were not happening. This just over through a pandemic it just exploded unexpectedly and i ended up with a wait list at least 12 long almost all the time and by mid-march i i had had i had made a decent chunk like i was providing for our expenses and i also had some in savings so um god used that to provide for us as we continued our ministry as our ministry was put on hold through um the pandemic you know the first stages of that so and then one afternoon, um, I was just talking to Jason and I said, I wonder if this is intended to be for some sort of a piece of land somewhere, you know, so we can park the camper on and just kind of have a home base somewhere. And we just randomly decided to look in Bryson City, North Carolina and saw this cabin and for, listed for $70,000. 
and we started that process and God just flung the doors wide open for that. And now um, we ended up, we are, we are serving at a church that has a completely empty, empty parsonage. And we're using that as the Firelight Guest House, which is, that's kind of what our ministry has morphed into right now, is more of a ministry of encouraging other kingdom workers, um, pastors, worship leaders, missionaries, whoever needs a place to come and stay. Because we know on a minister's budget, it's hard to afford a vacation, especially a nice one. So this house is so nice it's just i mean only god could have put this together and it's empty it's completely empty right now um all of their 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 pastor has a house that he never wants to leave and so it's just sitting there and we asked if we could use it to host guests at, and they said absolutely indefinitely you're welcome to it so um, what, what was going to be hosting guests in our camper parked next to our cabin, <laughs> um, turned into being able to offer this awesome house for them to stay in and use and be in the Smoky Mountains. And we're still hosting breakfast at our cabin on the porch. So, um, yeah, that's what Firelight has turned, in, turned into, um, for this season, the Firelight Guest House, um, just to be an encouragement and a place of rest for ministers and their families. Awesome. Let's get into some of the uh, artistic stuff. Um, so you're a musician, you're a photographer too. How have those things shaped the way you approach your artwork? I really love that question because Jason and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, it's been a process for sure. And it just as you're learning, uh, it's so similar, I feel like, when, when you first start an art, whether it's music or painting or whatever, you're, you're trying to get those basics down. Like you're trying to really nail down, okay, this is the, the technique that I am, am comfortable. You know, art is more fluid than music is for sure. But I found myself like, as I learned, as I built the foundations of like, this is the core of how I work. Um, I started to be able to improvise, if you will, better just like in music, like once you learn the basics, once you learn the scales, if you have your technique down, then you can start to be a little more musical with right. your with your instrument and you can improvise more. And so the way that's translated into art um, for houses and stuff, I used to use a carbon transfer sheet to like trace houses out first. And then I would you know, come in and fill in, of course, all the details and stuff, and I would have to retrace, but I just needed an outline, you know, I needed something basic there, and as I've gotten more used to that medium of watercolor, I have been able to be so much freer and more relaxed with my art. I'm not using carbon sketch anymore. I'm freehanding houses now, which <laughs> I was terrified to do that in the beginning because I wanted it to be perfect, but um, I feel like having those basics and like I, I practice so much and I know it sounds like a really short amount of time, but I also mentioned like, I feel like there was some, some sort of supernatural element there where God gave me an ability to do this and when we needed it. And, right. um, but now it's, it's easier for me to improvise things because I've got experience already in the basics of, you know, how, to, how to do wet on wet techniques, how to do, you know, just so many different things that you can do with watercolor. So I'm able to be freer and more musical, if you will, um, <laughs> with my art. So I guess that's kind of how that connects and translates. 
All right. So let's uh, get some of the nuts and bolts of just, just being an artist and artistry and um, what it means to be a Christian artist. Have you, have you considered what does it mean to be a Christian artist? That's really interesting uh, in the visual arts, because in music, you know, there's a very solid line between Christian artists and secular artists. I know there's some people like Lauren Daigle who are crossing that line and others in the past who have crossed, you know, kind of been both-ish. Um, but there's definitely, it's like genres, you know, you have Christian music, you have non-Christian music for sure. Um, art is a lot more fluid because I do a lot of, you know, Christian based things like the stained glass window. That's for, it was a commission for a pastor. Um, and it's, you know, definitely more Christian leaning because you think of stained glass and you think of churches automatically. So, but I have done lots of things too that were completely not specific to Christianity. You know, most of the houses I do, that's not considered Christian art, you know? Um, so it's, I don't, I don't know. Is there a genre of Christian visual art? I mean, <laughs> you paint something and it, it's, it's either got a religious tone or it doesn't. I don't know. That's well, and it, it also seems that um, uh, the, the Christian religious tones in visual artwork, especially, especially painting and, and things like that, are, are a little more tolerated in the secular world than other forms of art. And um, I'm not entirely sure why that is. You have any thoughts on that? I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. I guess because it just is more fluid, like there's no defined line. And so I think people are just because it's art, you know, they're more open to everything. The art, the, the art culture and the industry is just, um, it's so undefined, I guess. Uh, and I guess that's why more people are open to it. And also art is, it's not, it's visual. It's not auditory. It's not, uh, it's, it's kind of left more open to the interpreter. You know, right. you can see something and it can, it can mean one thing to one person and one thing to somebody else. You know, somebody might have had a spiritual experience at a church and they connect that as a spiritual piece. And then somebody might see a stained glass and like, oh, that's a beautiful piece of art and not have any spiritual connection to it. So, you know, I don't know. Art is more up left to the eye of the beholder, I guess. Than yeah, a little, a little more cerebral, I, I suppose, like uh, film and music and, and to a certain extent writing, even though uh, as, a, as a writer, I, I know that the shift is going away from the whole preachiness of writing, but um, in other mediums, you're, uh, the, the receiver is almost told what to think or, or told the message. Here, here's what I'm trying to communicate to you. This is my intent. This is, this is my message to you. Right. Whereas um, in, in artwork and painting, um, it, it's completely interpretive. The, the message is not written out. Right, right. And, and you know that's interesting because it kind of let it, it kind of lends us a little more of a door to the secular world because we as Christians can bring something to them and I'm just going to use the stained glass again. You know, it's a beautiful piece of artwork, but then in in my little caption, I can tell the story of a faithful pastor who served his church for 10 years and that's who this was created for or you know if I paint a beautiful sunrise or something or um you know I I'm looking at a piece right now on my wall that I it's an oak tree with a stream beside it and 
you know, I can, I can put a Bible verse with that about being rooted near, near a stream of, of water. And it might bring, it's kind of like an open door for, to bring scripture into, into a non-believer's life in a different way, you know? So, yeah. I don't so know. let me ask you this, um, getting into some of the more difficult questions that we sort of, uh, touched on before we began recording. Um, when, when you talk about music and, and the writing world and um, you really, and, and, they, and even the film world, if you didn't want to get into the secular side of things, you don't have to. You, you can stay in a safe fence you can do your your form of art, your musicianship, your whatever you're doing w within a certain set of boundaries. And, and you really don't have to deal with um, some of the moral issues you get in the secular side. Um, but in in art, uh, in painting and, and even even dance, I, I'm going to uh, have a, um, a dance instructor on. I'm going to ask her some of these same questions. Even in dance, there is no cool. fence. Uh, it, yeah. it is it is one discipline. Secular Christian makes absolutely no difference. There is no fence. If you're going to get into this discipline, you have to deal with all of the the baggage that the secular side is going to bring. So when we talk about artwork, the the big elephant in the room <laughs> is what do you do from a Christian perspective with nude art, nude photography, and things like that? Because I mean, you do have the classics, the the masters, Michelangelo, uh, Leonardo, who who very famously painted and sculpted nudes, and we don't think twice about it yeah uh so as a christian how do we deal with that i think there's there's a this is gray you know there's not like a hard fast line here and this is one of those things where you know as believers we have to just kind of look at the situation look at the context of what what kind of art is what you're producing, what you're consuming, and also and the intention, the intention behind yes. the artist. Yes, and that's a whole gray area too in scripture. Like you know, it, it it's just is the intention really? Is that what de determines whether something is right or wrong? You know, um, but with the classics, we look at the historical context there for what kind what kind of culture they were painting for, you know, and I think it was a very different culture at the time. Um, and thing, I, I, I haven't done a lot of research into what their, how it was accepted and if it was, you know, considered uh, risque or unacceptable to, or, 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 I don't know. I don't know if it was, if it, if it was a controversial thing back then. Um, evidently it probably wasn't, but now looking at that, in today's culture um and like we were talking about art is so fluid and it, it, there's not hard fast boundaries and so i think it just it kind of depends on the context and the situation that you're in um you know i i know you had mentioned in the in the notes about like what if a, a nude model comes in and you're in an art class in college and how do you feel about that and i would i would say that it's it's like anything else that can be a temptation to you as a Christian. Um, you know, if you're in a cooking class and they say, okay, we're going to have a wine tasting today. We're going to learn how to taste wine and how to grade wine and what's good 
and what's not. And if you have a past with alcohol and you know you're gonna be triggered by that, then you can excuse yourself from that situation. And um, regardless of if you fail that, that assignment or whatever it is, um, I, you know, as a believer, I think we're held to a different standard as far as what, what we participate in, what we create and what we consume. And um, so that's just like, you know, art and, and, and nude art. And if that's something that you know uh, that could cause somebody else to stumble or if it could be um, inappropriate for somebody else, I have young children in my house. You know, I'm not gonna go hang a big nude piece of art in my living room wall um, just because I don't, I, I, there's a time and a place for that. But it's, it, it's kind of what you, it, it's between you and the Holy Spirit on, on some level. Um, what you, if you think it's going to be a hindrance for somebody else, then don't bother. You know, there's so many other things that you can paint and that you can buy as far as artwork. Uh, um, and the human body is created by God and we're created in his image and it's a beautiful thing, but there's just- And, and we, we often talk about how the, the creation of, of, of man and woman was the pinnacle of creation. Well, they weren't created wearing anything. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Adam and Eve weren't wearing clothes in the Garden of Eden, let's be real. So, um, you know, human body is created by God, but I think it all depends on context and audience and, um, you know, it, like I said, also about how you want to be viewed as an artist too. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, that's, that's, I guess that's all I, I can say to that. Cause I don't have any personal experience with, uh, with that. Like I said, I don't have any formal training in art. So I didn't encounter that in college. Um, I, I'm not in the market for any nude art myself, <laughs> but say, okay, I'm walking through an art museum with my children and there's a nude on the wall you know something that is fine art you know it's obviously and, and i think i say obviously not pornography what do we know about that like how do we draw that line you know because once it's in the hands of somebody else you don't know what they're doing with it so um I mean, if, if I were to approach a situation like that with my children, I would handle it to the best of my ability, just as if, you know, I were to approach a situation where somebody offered me a drink at, at their house. And, um, you know, I would explain to my children, you know, this is how it's used in a proper context and there are improper contexts to use this, this thing. Also alcohol, uh, you know, art, in whatever form. So you just kind of, it's a situation by situation basis where you just have to field it. Yeah. And that's, you touched on an important part of, um, of, of being an artist in general, uh, in any discipline, it's, it's not just about the intention of the creator. Right. Uh, it does your artwork doesn't stop there. It's also about how the consumer is going to receive it. And, and so you may have the best intentions in the world with your art. And if you're going to create something that's, that's, uh, that's tasteful, that's artistic, that glorifies God. And it's, and it happens to be a nude, but you've also got to consider, well, how's this going to be received by a consumer? Right. Is it going to be received in an inappropriate way? I mean, right. that's part of the art process and you've got to consider both sides of it. Right. And, and in our culture, unfortunately, you know, especially, especially in the Christian culture, the Western Christian culture, uh, the reception of anything nude is usually never positive. 
I was looking for a scripture that kind of pertained to the subject, and I landed in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, uh, and Paul is talking, and he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, and I think that's a really good verse that applies here. Um, yeah, it's permissible. Yes, it is, because there's not like a hard and fast rule here in scripture that says, no, you may not create or consume nude art, you know, but is it helpful? Is it edifying? Is it going to build up your brothers and sisters in Christ? Could it make somebody stumble? And yeah, you have no idea what that art's going to do when it gets into the hands of somebody else. So I, as a Christian artist, it's not going to be something that I create and distribute. Um, and as a Christian and as an artist, not necessarily a Christian artist, you know, as we've established before, it's not really a hard genre. So, um, but yeah, there's other things that I would rather paint and rather look at. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, that's really and, all. And all how would you advise a young artist who's, who's getting into art and maybe, maybe that college freshman who's going to be taking some of these, these secular classes for the first time, how would you advise them as far as navigating those kinds of waters? Well, the, um, just now the verse that came to my head was um, Jesus says to be in the world and not of it. And college is one of those places where you're forced to figure that out. And I think it can be a good experience for young Christians to learn how to be in the world and not of it. And like I said, if you struggle with nudity and it could be a stumbling block for you, then excuse yourself from the situation. Um, but it's, if it's, if it's just a pure assignment for you, then yeah, you can create that, but you don't have to distribute it. Keep it in your own notebook, learn from the experience and move on, you know? So it just depends on the person and depends on your discernment as far as what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. So. All right, Lauren, well, let's, let's wrap it up. Um, would you tell the listeners and the viewers how they can learn more about you, your ministry, and your artwork? Yeah, um, I am on Instagram, Facebook, and I have an Etsy shop that I'm trying to get rolling. <laughs> We're getting there. Uh, my Instagram is at happiestcamperart, and that's my Facebook, too. And I have lots of examples of my work posted on there. And um, we've just been, like I said, it's just been such a God thing how he, he opened the doors for this to happen. And for me to be pulling a livable income for my family, which is mind blowing to me. I never thought that that would be a reality. Um, you know, so who, you hear the term starving artist all the time. <laughs> we're not quite starving, you know, but we're, we're eating and, and our bills are paid and that's just a miracle from the Lord. And that's also, you know, we have a lot of support through our ministry too. Um, like I said, we're a registered nonprofit. Um, you can learn more about our ministry at the firelightproject.org. And um, that's a little, there's a video on there. It kind of gives a better summary of what we do in the campgrounds or what we did. And we need to update some things, but um, it, it's just been neat how, how God has led, led me and led our family into this different career path, however long it may be for. And um, I just, you know, want to encourage other Christian artists to never limit yourself by what you think you can do. 
um, because in Ephesians, Paul also tells us that God can do more than we can ever dream or imagine, which is so true. And that has been really a theme in our lives recently. Um, and I'm not saying that the Christian walk is all roses and, and rainbows and um, awesome things happening all the time, because it's not. You have to learn how to walk through tough things to be able to look back and say, look how God provided, look how he carried us through that, you know, so. Um, anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect place to end it. Thank you so much, Lauren. All the links that you, uh, uh, that I can find, <laughs> I will find uh, all the links you told us and all the links that uh, I'm going to find for those other things are going to be in the description of the video or the podcast, whatever, uh, you're watching or, or listening to right now. Thank you for joining us. Uh, on YouTube. Thank you for joining us on your podcast app. Thank you, Lauren, for uh, having this conversation with me. And hopefully we might can even have you back on and, and, and your husband. I, I'm, I'm telling him that he's, that I've got my sights on him. We're going to talk music <laughs> him at some point. Okay. So uh, yeah. warn him and everything. So thank you all for, uh, <laughs> for watching and for listening and we'll see you next week. This has been the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast with author, musician, and worship pastor, Kevin Newsom. Thank you for joining us today, for your comments, and for subscribing. See you next time.